So this year we're talking about spiritual fitness. And so if you want to check out the Bible app on your phone, you can check out the message notes under events and check that out. I thought it was interesting today as I was uh, doing my devotion this morning, um, opened my Bible app and the verse is the verse that we're sharing this year, Luke 9 verse 23. So this is the verse that we're talking about. But today's message is about deny. And I think a lot of times we have a real issue with denying ourselves anything because we just want certain things and we go after it and we don't have a, 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 you know, a habit or a concern to say no to these things that can bring us down. So the verse that we're sharing this year is Luke 9 verse 23 and it says this, it says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And so today we're talking about deny, deny themselves, deny yourself. The things that we need to deny or we're going to be talking about this morning and we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, we'll probably stay most of the message in chapter 4 in Matthew. But I want to just encourage us to think about the things that we need to deny ourselves. And there are so many things that we think we have wants And we have these things that we want that we think are needs, actually, when they're just wants. They're just things that we'd like to have, but we think them and consider them as being a real need. And we have to have these things to make our life complete. Well, Jesus was tempted by Satan. And before he began his ministry, Matthew shares with us this temptation that Jesus goes through before he starts his ministry. And so what we're going to look at is the first part of the verses that we're going to look at is going to be kind of setting the stage of what's happening. And then there's going to be this offer from Satan, and then Jesus is going to give a response to that offer or that temptation that that Satan is offering Jesus. So verse 1 and 2, it says this. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, He was hungry. Let me tell you, you better believe he was hungry. I can't go through a few meals without being real hungry. Usually it takes a few snack times that I miss that I get start getting hungry, right? You're probably hungry right now. But the thing of it is, is that Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights not eating anything. He was fasting, preparing for his ministry, talking with God, and getting ready to be prepared to go out and do the thing that God had called him to do, to to serve and to make this difference in the world. And so Jesus is being called to this, and so he's being led by the Spirit to go out because he's being prepared to be tempted by Satan. And so he's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's hungry. And so we, a lot of times, we have this physical need that we have And we feel like it's the most important thing. And we have this desire inside of us to want to gain something or control something or have something. We have this taste for something that we really think we have to have. And I'm here to tell you today that there's times where we have to deny ourselves those things. There's times where we don't need to say yes to every desire that you have in a physical body. There's times for us to say no to certain things. Because it's understanding that it's for the greater good of following Christ and being a Christ follower than giving in to every desire that we have. And so we see this with Jesus. Here's the offer that Satan presents to Jesus. The tempter came to him and said, 
If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, Jesus, here's the thing that Satan knows your abilities. He knows the powers that you have. He knows what you're capable of. Satan knew what Jesus was capable of. He knew the power that Jesus had. So he knows he is able to take these stones that are on the ground and just like that, turn them into bread. He knows he's fully God and fully man. So he knows he has the power. He has the ability to do this. But God, but Jesus understands that it's not, it's not the right thing to do. In other words, there's times for us to say no to the desires or the feelings that we have. Here Jesus is hungry, and he's saying, I don't care if I'm hungry or not. I'm not going to choose to do this. I'm not going to take this offer. But Satan will come to you, and he'll offer you things that sound good. Like there's things that you need, and there's things that you should want, and there's things you should desire. And he's like, it's okay. You can do it. You have the power. You have the ability. You can do this. And we say, okay right? We give in to sin. And there's so many times and opportunities that we need to say, no, no, I don't need this. I don't need to do that. You know, in the physical working out and things, you, you realize that when you are really concerned about your physical body, there's things you say no to, and you have to say no to to get your body physically in shape. Spiritually, there's things that we need to say no to, the desires and the wants that we have are not always good for us. They don't always proper for us. God has a plan and a purpose for us. And anytime you give in just to the desires and the wants that you have, are they of God? Is this what God would want you to have? Because too oftentimes we're just concerned about what our needs are and our wants physically. And so Jesus' response in verse 4, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here we see that it's not just the bread that I eat. It's not just the food that I take part of that makes me alive. You're not alive just because you eat every day. You're not here just because you nourish your body. You're here because the mouth, the words that came from God created you and brought you into existence. You're here because God said for you to be here. You were created in this moment and in this time by God and the words he used to create life. And so these references that Jesus uses are from the book of Deuteronomy, which he's really confirming what Moses' words are. And he's establishing the fact that what Moses had to say was accurate and reminding Satan of where he is in the position that God has the final authority. Does God have the final authority in your life? In other words, do you live because of your wants and your desires? Is that all you are? Because that's not all God intended you to be. It's just to live out your wants and your desires and just to take care of your physical body. See, we, we are so concerned sometimes with our physical body. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But I will say, God is more concerned about your spirituality than he is about your physical body because your physical body will deteriorate. We will all die. Our bodies are in decay, and we can't escape death. But our spirit, our spirit lives forever. And that is what God is more concerned with 
is your relationship with him, that you're with him forever and ever. And are we so inclined to live out for our physical body? And this is what we're talking about, our physicality, your body. Are you living for your body more than you are for your, your faith in Jesus, your spiritual side of you? Because the spiritual side is what matters. Your relationship with God is what matters. And you don't live just because you eat and you drink. And you think about the story where Jesus fed the 5,000. It was just a powerful moment, right? Jesus brings in the people or he says, hey, we need to give these people something to eat. And uh, they say, well, all we have is fish and loaves of bread. And he says, that'll be good. And he blesses it. And everybody has their fill. And they have 12 baskets full of leftovers. And then the problem is, is that they come back the next day and they're looking because they got their bellies full. They wanted Jesus to provide another free meal. They wanted a free ticket for lunch, right? And that's the way we are. We are so concerned about our physical needs. We're just thinking about, hey, where's my free meal? Where's my free thing? This is what I want. This is my desire is to have a free lunch. And Jesus was trying to teach him so much more. That, and he was talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And that was such a hard saying that they had to walk away. Many of his followers left him. Because it was such a hard saying. But what Jesus was more concerned about wasn't about feeding them for their physical need in that moment. He was trying to teach them a greater thing. That you need me for all eternity. You need a relationship with me. You need to know me. You need to be with me. You need to accept me into your heart and your life, and you need to be a follower of mine. So many times we're just out for whatever fancies our day. We live for a moment of pleasure, live for a moment of having something good to feel good about. We live for the moment of having something that feels good to us. When there's so much more out there, Jesus, yes, he could have turned the bread in, the stones into bread. Yes, he could have ate that. But he knew he wasn't here just to eat. He wasn't here just to eat physical food, just to take care of his physical body. He came to die. He's calling us to do the same, to die to our desires, to die to our wants, to follow him, to seek after him. There's been so many times in my life where I've had the opportunity to take a hold of something. And when I've been able to deny myself of that, God's turned around and blessed me because he knew it wasn't the right time for me. And it's all about seeking what God wants in our life. Another story that we look at, Matthew chapter 8, verse 19. It's not going to be on the screen, but Jesus says, The teacher of the law came in to him and said, Teacher, I will follow wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus was homeless his life. Jesus was homeless. He didn't have a home. All these things that we think we have to have in this life, that we have to provide for for our families, all these things, I'm not saying these are bad things per se, but if it gets in the way of you following Jesus, Jesus gave everything. Think about this, that Jesus gave all the glory in heaven to come as a babe in a manger. He didn't have no royalty. He didn't have a big parade. He didn't, I mean, he had some angels sing to shepherds, but there was nothing huge of his life to cause people to recognize him always as the king of Israel. He didn't make a name for himself. You think about the scriptures. He refers to himself as the son of man. He doesn't refer himself as God himself. He always gives credit to his heavenly father for anything he does. 
He always recognized because he came to serve, not to be recognized. Jesus was homeless. Jesus was poor. Jesus didn't have a lot of wealth because he didn't come for those things. And again, those things aren't bad, but anytime we put these things ahead of God and what God wants for us, and we're not willing to deny ourselves these desires and wants, we, we get trapped in this idea that we're about this rather than serving God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. So here's the next temptation. Here's the setup. The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. So here in Jerusalem, there's Jesus on this temple, and he's at the very top. And, and Satan says, says to him, you know, hey, I brought you to this point. Look at all the people below. They're all worshiping God. Here's a great opportunity for you to be seen and for you to be noticed and for you to have an opportunity for you to declare who you are. And so here's the temptation. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written... He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift up their, their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. One of the things that's interesting about that passage is that we need to be remembering that Satan will use Scripture against us, that Satan will try to make the argument. Now think about this. Like, have you ever thought about like, if you had an employee, wouldn't it be a horrible to have an employee that just did their job description? Just did everything the job description said, right? That'd be a terrible employee because you can imagine they come in every day and they go through their little checklist on their job description and that's all they do is just whatever it says, they'll do, but they won't do anything else. God does not want just somebody that will fill the job description of following, being a follower of Christ. Just like in the video, the young man, he could have just went to church he could have just told people about Jesus and shared with his friends. But God put on his heart to deny himself his birthday money, his Christmas money, to do something greater than himself. To do something more to make a difference in the world, to reach people in the Sudan for Christ. And so many of us are not willing to deny ourselves anything to make a difference in people's lives. We want to just do the job, and that's all we want to do. To be a follower of Christ, we must always think about denying ourselves. We, all, we should always be thinking about what sacrifice do I need to make to make this happen, to make a difference in this world for Jesus. And the response that Jesus says, Jesus answered and said to him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So here's the thing that we look at. Jesus has this opportunity to throw himself down, to jump off this temple at the top of the temple so that everybody could see that he's God. He had the opportunity to show himself that day, even before he began his ministry, that he is the son of God. The angels would be like, whoa. Everybody would be like, whoa. Angels come down to rescue Jesus and keep him from hitting his foot on the stone that God would protect his son. So this talks about our pride, our ego. Are we willing to let go of our pride and our ego so that others can be impacted for Christ? When Jesus talks about doing things in secret, to serve somebody 
Are we doing things so that we get a pat on the back and we get people to say, oh, great job, you did great, you did fantastic? Are we doing it to make a difference in somebody's life? Are we doing it because we want to we serve Christ? Are there things that you've done recently that no one else knows about, that you don't talk about it, you don't brag about it, that you did because you wanted this to be obedient to Jesus and you wanted to serve somebody. You wanted to make a difference. That's denying yourself. Jesus, as I mentioned before, didn't have an ego. He wasn't trying to make his name known. He wanted the Father to be known. He came to serve. There was opportunities where people at first, when he first began his ministry, he would do a miracle and he'd say, don't tell anybody. Keep it private. Because he wasn't about him. He was about serving his Father in heaven and serving us. If we think about it, there's so many times when we're so selfish that it's really all about us. And if we do serve, if we do something that's good, we want people to hear about it. We want to post it on Facebook. We want to brag about it. We want to tell the world what good thing we've done. But do we serve in a way that no one knows about it except our Heavenly Father? Because we are denying our pride and our egos to serve him. Another story in Matthew chapter 16 that won't be on the screen, but if you want to look at it, it's verse 22. It says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him because Jesus was telling him, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and lay down my life for everyone. And so Peter didn't like this. He rebuked him and said, no, look, never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, and these are powerful words, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And I think that's such a powerful statement that we should think about ourselves. Is One is that I think, you know, here's another opportunity where Satan is saying, hey, you don't have to die for these people. You can show them who you are, and you can tell them all about yourself. And here's a pride moment where you can brag about who you are, and you don't have to die for these people. And Satan is giving this invitation to Jesus. And then Jesus is responding, get behind me, Satan. With an explanation point, I might add. He says, you are a stumbling block. And here's the important thing I think we all need to think about. You do not have the concerns of God, but you have the concerns of man. How many of us are more concerned about our being than we are of really what God wants in our life or what God is doing. See, I believe that God is bigger than me, that God is bigger than you, that, that I'm only here for a temporary period. I'm here to be a steward in this time, to be one of the pastors here at Porterfield Baptist Church in this moment. But there'll be another generation that will come after me in another generation, as long as God tarries, there'll be another generation. But this time, in this moment, am I more concerned about me? Am I more concerned about human affairs 
than I am about the affairs of God. And I don't want to get on a, a climate change thing. It may be a very thing that there is a climate change and all that. I don't want to get political, but I will tell you this. This world will not be here at some point. This world from Revelations, we know that it will be destroyed. And so many times we get concerned about human affairs and human things. But we're not thinking at a God level. Because God's bigger than all this. God's bigger than my health. And as long as I, I will do the things that God has called me to do, God will continue to help me through those things. And yes, I need to take care of myself. But the thing is, there is more important things than that. Because we all know that the spiritual part of us is what lives forever. And that's what matters. And so if we are spiritually right with God and we are going to deny ourselves of being prideful and, and being arrogant and, and just being so self-absorbed with our own life and wanting recognition and wanting, you know, the thanks and the, the, the uh, palities, which I thought was an interesting word from when I read that letter uh, from the young pastor from Zimbabwe. And he was talking about, you know, here is this young pastor that becomes a martyr. And he's talking about all these praises with the paladins is, is all these praises, all these accolades. He realized he didn't want to pursue all these accolades. He didn't want to be the greatest, you know, pastor in Zimbabwe. He wanted to be a follower and a disciple of Jesus. And that should be our heart. That should be our desire. Going back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. So again, the devil takes him to the third temptation here that we see during this time. So then again, the devil took him away to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And so here's this setup where, where Jesus sees all the nations laid out. He sees all the kingdoms. And think about this. These are the nations. These are the kingdoms that he's about to die for. He's going to live a life over these next few years that he has left to serve others to make sure God is glorified by his life. And at the end of his ministry, he's going to lay down his life for all of us, all of the nations that would come after that, that Jesus laid down his life for that. And it's interesting because Satan will try to give us an escape way. And a lot of times when we need to deny ourselves, it's because there's, we think that we found a shortcut, don't we? We feel like we found a way around to get what we want. And that we don't have to do these things. And so Satan offers this kingdom. He's saying, here's the kingdoms, and this is what Satan's offer is. Jesus said to him, away from me. Oh, sorry. All this I will give you, he said in verse 9, if you will bow down and worship me. So Satan's offer is, hey, if you worship me, if you honor me, I will give you all the kingdoms. I will give you all the nations. You honor me. This is all yours. You don't have to die for these people. You don't have to redeem them. You don't have to give your blood and your life to them. And you don't have to be separated from God at this point on the cross. You don't have to deal with any of that. You can just bow down, and Satan always offers things that he doesn't really have, doesn't he? He offers things that look good, but they're not even his to really offer, and he offers the nations and says, all this is yours. 
See, that's the thing. The Jewish people, they're still looking for a Messiah to be like King David, to come and reign upon the earth. They're looking for their Messiah still because they don't recognize Jesus as being the Messiah. And so they're looking for an earthly king to command the kingdoms and the nations to rise up and lead all the nations of the world and be the greatest king of all time. But God is so much more concerned, not just about the physical kingdoms of this earth. God's concerned about the spiritual kingdom that he's building that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. He's more concerned about your soul and your relationship with him and that you're a citizen of his kingdom in that great, great heaven that we will be able to enter his kingdom and live forever with him. And so Jesus responds, he says, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. See, so Satan comes with us and he gives us some good arguments. He'll use scripture against us, but we always need to look to God and look to Jesus and say, how should I handle this situation? And I know in my life, there's been times that God has given me things or called me to do things. And, and there's been times where I've wanted to go and do my own thing. And so many times when I do my own thing, it's because I'm selfish. And I want what other people have that I don't have. In verse 11, then the devil left him and then the angels came and attended to him. And so what we're talking about is possessions. When I was young in my ministry, I was praying for a girlfriend. I thought, man, if I had a girlfriend, it'd just be like so awesome. It'd be so cool to have somebody, you know, to spend time with, to hang out. We could do ministry together. And God said no. God knew I wasn't ready for that. See, there's going to be times where you may think it's the right thing for you. And you may think that you really want it and you really desire it and it's going to make your life so much better if you have this thing or you have this person in your life or whatever it may be. But you need to say no if God is putting on your heart to say no to that. Because when you honor God and you're really pursuing Jesus and you're really following him, you deny yourself these things, God will bless you in the right time in the right way. See, I was making this relationship so important it was getting between me and God. It was this thing that, that was going to be my complete thing that I thought I needed. When God said, I have a ministry for you to pursue and do. And so when I was able to say, okay, God, I trust you and I'm going to deny me having a relationship. I'm not going to go spend my time searching for somebody. I'm not going to go spend my time looking at and seeing if there's possibilities with other people. I'm going to focus on what you've given me today. And it was so hard because my youth group was the size of zero teens except my sister, which was one teen. And that was really hard because it's like, I'm giving it up for this? <laughs> but it was so awesome. When you trust God, God, and you hang in there for God, and you, you are willing to deny yourself something, God will bless you. And out of that youth group, it became strong, and it became great, and then we saw lives change. We saw people's lives impacted for Christ, and we just saw an amazing thing happen. And it wasn't because I was so good, because you guys know who I am. 
<laughs> but the thing is, it's because I chose to deny myself something and trust Jesus. And when you're able to do that, God will bless you. And God's brought me a great wife and great kids. And God's blessed me. But there's times where you have to say, I don't need these things that I think I need. I don't need all these possessions. I don't need all these things that I have to have. I don't have to have the latest car. I don't have to have the nicest house. I don't have to, I don't, these aren't the things that are always going to matter. And it's amazing. You buy a house and it starts decaying right in front of you, doesn't it? It does. I see cracks in the wall that never were there before, right? But that's what happens. Because in this life, these things that you think that life is all about, they're not as important. These possessions that we think we have to have or these things we have to have now and we can't, we can't say no to, these are the things that we need to say before God. Is this really what I need? Or is this just something I want and I desire in this moment that I need to say no to? Because by denying it, we're putting Christ first. By denying ourselves some things, we're putting Jesus first. Another story here, and this is, I mean, to me, this is just powerful in the sense that in John chapter 13, we see that Jesus has just finished the Passover. He, and he's, he's, he, it says that all power and authority had been given to him. Wow. Jesus is, is no longer relying on the Father to tell him what to do. He's no longer having to answer. And, and I mean, his heart is always there to answer to God, but he doesn't have to at this point. All power and authority has been given to Jesus. And so God is saying, okay, you can do, you're going to do whatever you want to do. It's, it's your choice. And what does Jesus do? He takes off his outer garment. He takes a towel around his waist. And he doesn't make any statement. Again, it goes back to the pride thing. It goes back to the, you know, here he's given all power. He's given all possession of all the power. And it goes back to the pride thing. He doesn't even make a deck. Okay, I'm going to wash your feet. Everybody get in a circle. And I'm going to go and wash all your feet. No, he, he just, he gets up. He, from, from what the text, he gets up. He, he takes off his outer clothes. And he gets a towel. And he wraps it around. And he starts to work. He starts to serve. All power, all authority has been given to him. And the first thing he does is to serve. And he serves and he washes every single disciple's feet because he came to serve. And when it comes to Peter, Peter's like, no, no, I don't want this. I, he, he's, he's, you know, Peter's humiliated. Like, I can't, you're my master, you're my teacher. How can I let you wash my feet? And so finally, Jesus tells him, and, he finally gives in, and then Jesus at the end, and this is what he says at the end of it after he's finished. He says that he's, I'm going to paraphrase here, he says that he's given, been called teacher and master, which is right and it's, it's good, but I've come to serve. Do Go and do likewise, serve. And so that's a great illustration for us because our life is not just about our wants, our desires, our things that we want. It's about serving others. It's about serving God and then serving others. In closing here, a great verse, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. It goes along, right along with what we've just discussed. It says, do not love the world or anything of the world. If anyone loves the world, 
The love of the, for the Father is not in them. Do you hear the, see, here's the turmoil that we go through. When we love the things of the world, it, it pulls us away from God. When we start loving things, and, and like I shared, and like I've, I've shared the story too about I had a really cool car that was a Camaro, okay? And it was really cool, and it made me feel cool. It, it sounded really good. It had glass pack mufflers on it. It rumbled, and a, and a lot of the neighborhood kids thought it was cool. I take my sister to Edison, and, and the girls there at Edison thought I was cool when I was going to South at the time. But I'd drop my sister, and then I'd get notes from girls saying how cool I was, right? And, uh, you know, but that car, it was a nice car, and I wouldn't mind having one again sometime in my life. I mean, if you want to bless me. <laughs> but, but the problem was is that car had become up here. And so many things in our life, it pulls at your heartstrings, and that thing becomes more important to you than anything else. And, and that thing becomes your identity, and that thing becomes the thing you want to hold on to. And then you need to realize that it's not. God needs to be first. That's where we talk about idols. We put idols ahead of God, and it pulls us away. It pulls our love for God away from him. And this thing or that item or that thing that we think we need or that desire that we have becomes more important than anything else. And that car became my identity when Christ, Jesus, should have been my identity. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, and this is what goes back to with Jesus and his temptation, the lust of the flesh. So again, don't live for physical things. Your life is more than just the things that you do physically. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, which is those possessions that we try to gain, these things that we think that if my neighbor has it, I must have it. I, I've got to have what they have. I've got to attain. And the pride of life, our arrogance, our egos, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So we need to understand that these things that we fight against, these things that, that are these things of the eyes of the flesh and, and the lust of, or the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, these are things that are not of God. These are things of the world. Now it'll help us make better decisions when it comes to denying ourselves. Is this something I really need or is it something I really just want? Is it a desire that God wants me to have? And finally, it says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. See, the world, these desires that we have are going to pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. You are living not just for this moment in your life and your family. You're living here because God is wanting you to have an opportunity to represent him, to serve him, and to serve others, to make a difference in this world. So finally, going back to this deny, deny ourselves. We must deny. To be a follower of Jesus, going back to that passage in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Then he said to them, all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. 
Maybe you have a hard time like me because this message isn't just for you, it's for me too. Because there's sometimes where I want to grab a hold and I want to take charge and I want to do what I want to do. But then I look at Jesus. I look at Jesus and I think about what he did for me, what he did for you. And I think about the heart that he had, the love that he had for each one of us. And that he was willing to deny himself all those things so that he could serve you and me. And because of the great love that he has for you and I, I can't help but love him back. Because I found something in him that the world does not have to offer. I found a relationship with the creator of the universe who cares for me who wants me to be with him and for me to share and to care for others. Let us stand and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here today. And Lord, I pray you just uh, continue to guide and direct us, Lord. Lord, I know for me personally, there's many times just even in that idea of wanting a relationship that I put things ahead of you Lord and it's not that you're just wanting me to put things aside that I may want it's that you want to develop me and help me grow help me to trust you help me to put my life fully in your hands and so many times Lord we're, we're afraid we're scared we're afraid of missing out we're afraid of what we may look like if we don't brag about ourselves or we don't talk about ourselves. But Lord, what we really need to do in all of this is to trust you. To trust in the love that you have for us. To trust that you know what's best for us in the times where we think we know what's best. You really know what's best for us. And Lord, you want to help us grow to become stronger and better for you so Lord when denial seems so hard help us to be reminded of what you've done how you came and you denied yourself all these things to serve us and that challenge may strengthen us to be reminded of that to where we will say no to things that distract us or entangle us or Keep us from the mission that you've called us to. Help us to be used by you, Lord. In your wonderful name, I pray, Jesus. Amen.